Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar Magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this week's episode, we got to spend time with the extraordinarily talented as well as kind John Hopkins. He just put out a new record, which I hope you get a chance to listen to, and I hope that you enjoy our chat. So you'd asked, I I am licensed as a marriage and family therapist in the States, which basically means I do individual therapy focused on uh, relationships and general mental health and, and all of those fun things. It's basically a master's level for therapy. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What, what made you, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I have so many questions to ask you about like making music for psychedelic therapy. So I was like, what mm-hmm. is your, I guess, what is your specific interest in therapy? Well, um, I've been having it myself, um, since I was about 21 mm-hmm. and with some long gaps to be fair, I think I had maybe between 28 and about, um, I don't know. I'd stopped for a good few years when I went back to it, and I've been very, very consistent again since I was in my mid thirties. I'm forty-two now, and um, I've seen maybe three different ones. I lived in America for a bit, and I had one over in LA. It was very different from the English ones, and um, and I went back to the original one that I had over here. So it's been a very long, yeah. I mean, been about I don't know, fourteen, fifteen years with the same one on and off now. Oh wow. And I was talking to her, I mean, I talked to her a lot about the process of this album as I was making it. And um, one thing she said was that um, people who have benefited a lot from any form of therapy, ultimately, in the end, it's quite common that they want to start giving it back in a way. And she, yeah. she interpreted the album as something like that. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I like that idea. It kind of makes sense to me um, because it's, you know, well, psychotherapy is definitely part of the picture of how I, why I am where I am right now. Um, it's not the whole picture, but it's definitely, you know, there's, there's all these other kinds of therapies involved as well, but yeah, yeah that's the, the basics of it. That's fascinating that you said that people do want to give back. I was talking to a client yesterday about this phenomenon in Buddhism where there's like the two Buddhas. There's the one that like is enlightened and traipses off into whatever you do when you're enlightened. Um, and then <laughs> IDK. Um, and then, then there's, the one, yeah, I was just like enlightenment don't know her. Um, and then there's the one that becomes enlightened and, and wants to, you know, reach out to others or at the very least, like offer the tools of enlightenment to others so that others can become enlightened as well. Yeah. And in a way like that kind of speaks to what you were saying and i i can hear that in the album like i was like spoiler alert i'm also a musician so it's oh. really <laughs> when when i heard uh, of this album in general i was like oh 
I need to talk to this human being. <laughs> oh. well, yeah, I mean, it could have gone the other way. You could have heard it and you're like, how dare he use these, not only the word music, but also the word therapy. In the, <laughs> in the <dreadful> album. <laughs> so I hope you, I hope you find it appealing in some way. <laughs> I really do. And and there is something that I wanted to ask about how it was created, because particularly in reading about psychedelic therapy, there's obviously so much about like the set and setting for it. And I was curious, how did you consciously create some of those sounds that then speak to where we are when we're almost in um, a very different form of consciousness? And I was like, how would you access that when you're in this form? Yeah, it's an interesting one that I think it's um, the answer is it's actually not conscious. Um, so as I've got older, I mean, I've been making albums since I was 21. Um, so, mm -hmm. well, I mean, really, I, I wrote most of the first one when I was 19. So it's been sort of 22, 23 years. Um, and and obviously before that was all the sort of formative years. And as I've got older and made more stuff, I've become more and more um, trusting of intuition and less and less interested in conscious thought within music mm -hmm. making. Um, and even though it's very technical in terms of what's going on on the screen and you know you're using your you know you're in, you have to interface with a computer and, and software for the whole time you stop seeing that and it becomes a sort of intuitive pursuit of a certain sort of sonic place really I think, I think of them more as places than pieces of music so mm. I'm just following uh, wild trains of thought which I really don't pay any attention to I just keep going that's always my motto is it's like what, what is the next sound that's needed and you're just following something and you don't it's almost like putting together a puzzle and you don't know what the finished picture is going to look like right um until you actually have finished it and then you're like okay that's what I was aiming at because I think there's a deeper part of self involved in all this so then it really comes down to what is that self and and what informs that and I think it's you know quite a simple answer really which is that it's everything that I've ever experienced on right. one level and then there's the collective level what you know what I take in from everyone else and the fact that we're all really ultimately the same and and having we're all swimming in the same stuff as they say so there's those two there's those two things so I can hear some bits which relate directly to my own experiences and many bits which relate to wider experiences and and um and then to to properly answer your question I suppose the the making of sounds that fit the psychedelic spaces comes from having had enough of my own experiences in that space and and learn, you know learning over the years mostly in the last five or six years really how to navigate that space safely mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and I love that essentially you said that they become like places uh I was mm -hmm. in meditation last night and was afterwards kind of musing on the fact that it's almost like I feel like it, it, and I don't know if you've had this experience when you meditate it's like when you very first start you don't drop immediately into it it's almost like you're approaching a pool mm -hmm. and then you dip your toe in the pool and then you're like ah, and then you're underwater um and like that's kind of almost like how I experienced the music in a similar way where it's like, there's almost like the clarion call to like, Oh, this experience is beginning. Um, and then you enter into the experience, but it guides you into these different places. And that's, that's so cool that you were able to kind of bring that from your psychedelic experiences into this space. And I'm curious for listeners who like, 
I'm wondering what it sounds like, for instance, to someone that hasn't gone through like a psychedelic experience or psychedelic therapy, which I'm, by the way, completely fascinated by and want to learn how to do. (laughs) Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I think for me, um, I view so my meditation practice is, you know, quite longstanding as well on um, various different types, but 20 years of that as well. And um, so I and I often see them as twinned practices really psychedelic I mean meditation has given me the tools to navigate the psychedelic experience better um yeah I feel like the two and, and particularly breath work as well actually I think those, those things are like pillars of the same kind of structure and um so I think um I mean I started off with kundalini meditation and kundalini yoga when I was 21 and then was quite deep into that for a few years and then transcendental meditation when I was about 34 35 something like that mm-hmm. and that became that became the one which I really have fallen in love with more than anything else because that's the one where it's you know you talk about that pool that you approach but that's the one where with no I mean to be fair I had done other types for a while so I can't speak to what it's like for someone who's never meditated but for me it felt like there's always a dive of some point into that pool right away right from the start and yeah. then and I just started to find myself, you know, although that unconscious part of myself was just translating translating those experiences into this music um, and almost decoding um, what it feels like to, to dive in in those ways, um, psychedelic or through meditation, you know, into this to this kind of sound world. So mm. I, I trust I trust the effect that those things have had on me to the degree that I let them lead the way, you know, because the, yeah, the, it's, it's definitely. I wanted to make music that was based all around the surface and the ego and the, the desire for acclaim and all these things. It would sound very different, and it wouldn't be very. I mean, maybe it would sell more or something. But it, wouldn't, <laughs> it would be very interesting, I think, to me. Well, it's like in that it, once you start diving deep into those kind of practices, other things start to mean things that used to mean a lot mean start to mean a lot less. Yes. Uh, and almost nothing in the end and as I get older that that's increasingly the case <laughs> <laughs> that's I love that you spoke to that because there's a I practice transcendental meditation as well and okay. I, to be the one that I could access that pool the most readily it was like I had the key to just hop in whereas mm. like you know before I did practice um I'd meditate after doing vinyasa classes I, I definitely had to like almost like exhaust my body to the point where I kind of get close to it, but even that didn't feel the same. And then there's like breathwork meditation. There's, you know, I've done, I do really like, there's a few guided meditations to get to alpha state that I really like. And now I've learned like fun little, I don't know what to call it other than there's this gesture that I do that I've done while I've entered alpha state so that I can trigger alpha state by doing that gesture really Um, yeah that took a while to figure out by the way it's not foolproof it gets me most of the way there but it's not as effective I would say as transcendental meditation that one it's like I haven't found something that I can quite so easily hop in as that one well that's the thing about it is it's just so amazingly easy once you grasp that one nuance which is that you're not focusing on the mantra and because you know and that is even though that's easy to say it is for some character types I think it's difficult to just immediately nail that because your temptation is to focus. I mean, it was for me, like the first thought I had was, well, if I say it more often, it will be better, but it isn't genuinely isn't like that. And once you truly have that, then you, 
it's it's so blissful because you, you are unable to judge yourself within the practice and almost all other ones you are still able to really they are yes. efforts within them and yeah i like i like different things for different purposes but i i find that tm is the one that i come back to every day like just this afternoon i was feeling quite burnt out and i'm doing a lot of stuff at the moment and lots of different projects at once and um that's the thing that just truly and, and it feels like i don't know if you get it like this but the more tired i am or the more i need it the better it yes know, it's, like, it's like a friend it's like it's like your friend that's always there but is particularly there when you need them you know? and do you ever I sometimes do this to myself where I'll be, I'll be spinning about doing all the different things, almost like a petulant child putting off nap time. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah why don't you just meditate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's funny, but it's funny. Like even the other ones, like um, the other ones that I did earlier in my life, like um, even just long, slow breathing, you know, and pranayama, things like that. Um, it, there was something about, I would have more of that petulant child behavior before those ones. And TM is almost like it's such a treat in a way. It just feels so warming that I will, like I'll sometimes procrastinate a bit and, and I'll occasionally miss one, but generally I won't miss it. And I've noticed that it's radically different from all other practices. Yes. It has to be kind of taken into account when you, when you work out which is most valuable to you, which is quite simply, will you do it or not? <laughs> yes. a profound experience you can have many profound experiences with many different practices but will you do it daily or not that's will you actually realistically do it that's um what i always i think rate things by yeah and what you said you had said something about how essentially it bypasses your judgment and mm. like your judgment of self and and being in that space I'm wondering, like, does that then inform how you were describing when you were making your music? Because it sounds like in some ways you're able to have the experience of turning off your inner critic <laughs> and turning off your inner monitor. So that way, when you are making things, you already know what that feels like to turn off your inner monitor so you can actually just explore. Yeah, I think it really expanded the ability to do that. And um, I just think, you know, this David Lynch says a lot of interesting stuff on TM, but one particular thing is just that the idea of transcending every day like it can't help but feed back into your life and and to what into every activity you do and if you're most you know for me the most important activity is creating um that's what i'm wired to do and it's you know i've accepted that that mm -hmm. is the sacrifices that come with that but the difference that's you can hear it in the music if you listen to an album i made before i was doing that and an album after you will you will hear a freedom and a a kind of an exploratory curiosity that just wasn't there and, before, mm. and this album is like a very extreme example of that as well because I suppose I've then found that psychedelic experiences would further amplify that, that yeah I'm, I'm curious how I love how you describe them as different pillars of kind of mm. like almost like the same temple and I'm curious like how that did inform your psychedelic practice and like if you feel comfortable talking about that by the way if ever I say something that you're like oh that's too personal like just tell me <laughs> um, no I mean I quite like being open about this stuff I think it's um it was the whole concept of the album really was to to make music without any barriers and to talk about it openly um so to to not really have any ego involved and or to you know to the degree that to which that's possible mm. um 
but really i suppose i mean a simple example would be if 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 you're within a say a psilocybin experience or something like that where it where it gets intense for a while and you start and you you perhaps recognize i suppose it gives you a level of mindfulness to to recognize when the experience might be on the verge of getting too intense or on the verge of going down a path that you don't but you don't feel like ready to go down at that point mm-hmm. or you, you know and this is i'm not talking about guided i'm not actually talking about psychedelic therapy which i've only had a few sessions of psychedelic therapy myself mostly have been self-guided or with a you know with someone else who's experienced mm-hmm. but is also having you know who's also indulging so yes um, so i suppose it gives you the ability to halt that if you need to and to come back to your body and just to focus it gives you the ability to learn how to focus on your breath bring your breath into the practice one thing i've found in particular with with ketamine sort of ceremonial experiences with ketamine is that you the breath i've never read anything about breath work in conjunction with that particular psychedelic but the experiences i've had with that are quite extraordinary Mm. Uh, almost bringing in like the Wim Hof method breath that kind of thing which is a bit similar to holotropic breath work bringing that into what is often thought of as a quite a tranquilizer of a drug really which I I don't necessarily see it that way myself but um, it gives you a level of um, not control exactly but mindfulness and and a a choice of direction perhaps Um, Mm. ability to move the energy around ability to move things within your own um you're really deep within your own self it's quite hard to explain but it's i remember thinking of it during one experience it's like you you're able to maybe go very very deep into your own thought processes and slow things down to a point where you're actually able to rearrange them into a healthier pattern if that makes sense i've noticed that happening and um i, I credit that really that ability to just be like you can just be lost within a psychedelic experience and you know it could be obviously overwhelming if you're not prepared and you're not in the right yeah. way perhaps you don't have guidance but i feel like meditation like having a long meditation practice before you go into those states perhaps gives you the ability to self-guide to some degree and um i think that really can allow you ultimately to have a much more valuable experience yeah, and to kind of repattern things in a way like that speaks yeah. to what popped in my mind was just the phrase like intrapersonal magic, where it's like, I think of magic as just, you know, playing with energy. I think it's really funny when people are like, oh, do you believe in magic? And I'm like, well, do you think matter and energy exist? And they're like, yeah, I was like, cool, you believe in magic. Like, like, <laughs> <there> you go. <laughs> but it's like being able to slow yourself down to know that like a friend of mine said this that like when you are having a psychedelic experience or sometimes even a dreamlike state or a different state of consciousness that you're not being shown anything that you're not capable of integrating and sometimes that integration is like to talk about it with another person or to reflect on it with yourself um but it sounds like what you're saying is that like meditation gives you the skills to be able to like pause in those moments and know like that maybe if you are feeling something or seeing something that is perhaps like frightening that you're still going to be okay that like you're allowed to be like (laughs) you're allowed to be uncomfortable and that it's temporary and you're seeing this in a way that is sustainable and that you can actually you know kind of shift it around in a way that makes you more comfortable and that it's okay like that you're not perish from this I, i think so and um 
my understanding of psychedelic therapy itself is that perhaps that is an opportunity to not turn away from that thing that's frightening and perhaps you need to go there eventually and I'm kind of maybe gearing up to that at some point you know I've never had an ayahuasca experience for example and I would be I imagine I will at some point you know um and you know everything I've ever heard really about that is that it does tend to guide you into the difficult places so that you can process them and I, I'm completely sure that I have all, as much stuff to process as anyone else um but there is a difference in being in a kind of held space like that and and you know most of the time I haven't been in that situation I suppose yet yeah the idea of held space I love that and I love the idea of even your music that you created being a part of that held space because especially like listening to it as I was especially because it has like all the interesting binaural parts I was like oh my gosh that would be amazing to have that in a psychedelic guided experience so that that way you could integrate what came up afterwards or what feelings you had afterwards um well I had I mean when I was testing it you know near completion of the record I was I did some listening ceremonies really with with Kesselman involved and those sections you talk about if by the binaural sections I mean what I think of as the sections where it sort of moves outside into the mm-hmm. woods and there's a few sections where that happens and the, the, the stereo field becomes really complex because we're using surround you know like speakers hung in trees and then surround binaural microphones in the middle oh so my God. it's that's how that effect is achieved and I when I was lying there on my studio floor listening to it um, in that state, I just became, I just was outside, you know, even yeah. my, my body wasn't, but I just, the entire, I was in those woods, you know, which, which is a place I spent lots of time and, you know, all the, all the recordings of real places on there are places that, you know, those are recordings from when I was there and um, uh-huh. not library recordings. It's like, that's, those are experiences that I had and captured and put on. Um, into the album to to try and translate as accurately as possible what it felt like you know to have those magical experiences in those places oh my gosh I was like you had speakers that explains everything I was like speakers hanging from trees <laughs> like, tell me more <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, so this is the doing of a so one of the really nice things about this album is that it's, it has three three of the tracks of collaborations with um one of my oldest friends, a guy called Dan, who's who's credited as Seven Rays on the record, and mm-hmm. um, he yeah he lives on this beautiful farm in a secluded part of West Country in England, and um, you know we've he's been there for a long time, and I've been there many times to visit, and we've had you know really the most extraordinary DMT experiences there together. So mm-hmm. a lot of the narrative of those sections comes from I mean like talking about the section we were just talking about that feeling of moving outside we all know that feeling when you you have a a deep really kind of almost out of body psychedelic experience that's so intense and then you go outside for a bit of air and there's there's sort of lingering traces of it but there's a real reset to that and then you go back in you know there is a very I wasn't aware that that's what I was actually trying to translate as I was doing it but when I listen back I'm like oh yeah that's that's that thing <laughs> when you yes. <laughs> you know and near the end when there's that owl um and you can hear like very quietly you turn it up you can hear like the sound of Dan's um lighting his pipe I think he had some 
cannabis and um you know like at the end of one of these occasions so he he was recording these sounds with his microphones and oh. yeah and send them to me and so i kind of incorporated a lot of our shared reality and shared mystical experiences in, in into building this album oh my goodness yeah because i <laughs> i made the mistake of starting to listen to it like over breakfast and then was like <laughs> no <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not the place for this <laughs> um i was just like hold up nope 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 incongruous um <laughs> so <laughs> I, I changed things up and then later in the evening after I'd like, you know, done, done the rest of my day, I was just like, okay, we're going to maybe like meditate and then listen to this. And, and that's what I did. And then I just listened to it like in my room with one of my favorite candles and just like, you know, but I purposefully, I was listening to it on headphones um, and that did create exactly what you talked about where I love that you, the way that you said that of like in psychedelic experiences, it's almost like in meditation where you're kind of you're here and you're not here you're there and you're not there you're you're kind of like an electron <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're just you're moving around um and it's i always true anyway isn't it exactly it really doesn't know how to define what you or we are in the first place so you can become music entirely if your consciousness is is nowhere but music then in that time you are only music yes and that's all that's real and that's what you know, that's why i love making immersive music because yeah genuinely can take you um to a to a different place you know? yeah it was very it was a transportative experience and i'd been listening to um i'd been listening to your album singularity like during quarantine there were like i don't know what else to call quarantine like the time of the panini I have no idea because we weren't like necessarily in lockdown the whole time but like yeah. um, I'm in LA and at least like throughout most of 2020 I very very am so grateful that I can work from home yes, but yes, for the yes. most part I was at home and then in some ways even this year I just got used to being at home and like yeah. the the regulations of not being at home were confusing so like there definitely is a part of me that's like I could just stay here <laughs> um but I had I had to do things to like you know kind of spice things up and so I would I would be listening to different albums and definitely like I was listening to because that's why I put on your album over breakfast is that like I would listen to your album singularity when I was like doing my morning journaling or when I was writing like things like that and it was so conducive to those brain states and then when oh, I put on this one I was like whoa different experience yeah. <laughs> I like, <laughs> well, and I it's nice that you point out because that is what I'm aiming for I don't want to repeat what I'm doing and I think that you know the album before Singularity um, which was called Immunity has a similarity you know they're not the same but they're clear they're clear they're clear kind of twins in a way mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to do a third one I didn't want to do a triplet so I thought <laughs> you know if I found immediately that removing percussion and removing traditional structured pieces of music opened up this whole like torrent of new inspiration and ideas and um what came with that is a, yeah a very much a different mind state and um yeah. you know and this was this is this album was born like in 2018 so it it was you know I, I did the actual work on it through um our longest period of lockdown which was well I mean some of it was done 
June and October last year, but then really the, the main tracks, the kind of heart of it was done between January and May of this year, which over in England was really a long and grueling, like very tough yeah. period. Um, yeah. But it wasn't really about that period so much. It was it was stuff that had been that's been building my whole life and I've been ready, just didn't have the perhaps the ability, you know, the actual the actual skills to turn that into something that can be listened to by someone else. I kind of it existed in my head perhaps and mm. it existed in my dreams and in deeper parts of consciousness, but wasn't really ready to come to the surface. And then I had all those uninterrupted months. Right. And then at the same time, I went, I was going through a breakup and a relationship that was extremely important to me and mm. someone I loved. And that was in January. And it's not a coincidence that the floodgates creatively opened after that. Wow. Um, they were kind of opening already, but then the breakup was like a catalyst of just uh, extraordinary grief and pain, turning that into, it just, I was almost in a trance state coming into the studio every day, you know, walking mm. like walking really quite a long time to get there because I was I had to live out of my house for a bit while it was being um well I was having my own studio built in it but basically there was just this very surreal period where I wasn't even living at my house and I had to walk a long way in the winter every day which was actually amazing just to force you to be outside for two hours a day um and then I was just like following like it's at the beginning of the conversation just following this this thread this intuition this kind of spark like it's almost like you're in the woods and you can see something disappear around the next corner and you walk around <laughs> the corner and you can see it going over there to the left and disappearing again. You just, you're just following that. You don't <laughs> trust that that thing knows where to go. That's how it feels. And then eventually one day it's finished and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's what it was looking for. Like that's what it was. Yeah. That's, it, and that's. Yeah. It, it was really, it was really magical. And um, I suppose it's been such an experience to reveal it now because for a long time I didn't, it was only mine, you know, and I played it to a, two people and we had amazing experiences listening to it um, on a psychedelic journey, but with mm -hmm. two of my best friends, but, but mostly it was, it was just for me for a while to, and then, and then suddenly now everyone is hearing it and it, and then suddenly people are like giving it marks out of 10 in the press and stuff. <laughs> like, well, hang on. <laughs> it just feels very different from normal where, where you, you obviously, you know, that's going to happen, but normally you're like, okay, I, you know, with singularity, for example, I'm not saying I didn't love, love it. I mean, I was really proud of it and I am, but it's, it's definitely got um, a conscious attempt to be a successful album on mm -hmm. it built into it which is important you know it has like big tracks and melodies that you can play in festivals and that's what I wanted to do and I wanted to bring a, a sort of spirituality into dance music that was kind of my mission statement mm. with that album but with this one I didn't have any mission statement apart from to follow that that spark and that light through the forest so so when you get it's basically just so what the conclusion that came to in the end was that this is kind of like a, a portrait of the very deepest part of me like my soul this is like my actual soul translated into notes so it feels quite different when you then get given a mark out of 10 for it because you're like well I don't even know this person that's marked it how do they you know it's like so I've been I've been kind of finding it quite a valuable experience and at the same time quite difficult it being uh, you know being but what's been interesting is that for all I mean so, and some of the reviews have been great as well and that's lovely but what I've noticed is that 
it's the individual responses that have been you know it's not really it's not really one for perhaps wider press response to be to you know you can't really expect that necessarily to be good with this kind of album yeah individual responses have been really unusual like amazingly powerful and um so it feels like there are some people that kind of tuned in to what to, to the energy of it and that's um you know this is uh yeah, these are the risks you take, I suppose, when you put yourself out there. I, I wouldn't change any of it. You know, it's all, it's all good, really. Well, it speaks to a certain vulnerability. Like when you're talking about even getting, you know, ratings, I was just like, I don't think that a soul can get a rating. Like you can't like, there's no <laughs> help for souls. You're not like, oh, five-star review. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's funny, that that's the thing. And I've never, never really felt anything like that before with other ones. Normally it's just like, okay, this is all just part of the job, but you know, if you truly show everything, if you reveal everything, even if it's in an abstract way and there's no mm -hmm. word, um, it's just a different thing entirely in a way. So it's like a different job. And um, yeah, there's not really a way of performing it either. So, but I did have this event in Austin um, where we played it back over four amazing speaker systems and one in every corner and people lying down on yoga mats in concentric circles. Mm -hmm. um, middle and that was the first time it had been heard by more than three or four people at once mm. it was so powerful I mean there were definitely people tripping in various ways in mm -hmm. that room mm -hmm. um, probably quite a lot of them to be honest but it was you could hear you know people like going deep into their breathing or you could hear bits of chanting you could hear crying you could hear you hear all kinds of reactions going on and it was, yeah. it was so beautiful and I felt so kind of um felt like we were all sharing something you know because I don't consider this as something that came from me as and it's a very cliched sentence really but it's something that came through me you know this comes right. from comes from everywhere and in particular informed by the, the plants that you know the mm -hmm. plant medicine behind it so I love that really it's amazing to oh. get a chance to share that with everyone I was just yeah I was I was imagining being present for that energy because what you said it's it's really it's funny everyone I know that like and I've done the same like that goes through you know psychedelic experiences and meditation you end up saying things that you're just like this sounds like something you would just embroider on a pillow where you're like everything yeah. love and then you're like but no like once you feel that you're just like no, that's it. There's a reason why we like want to embroider that on a pillow. Like, yeah. <laughs> <it's> like... <laughs> and like to, to be able to witness that energy and take part in it after you channeled it, that was, cause I was going to ask, I was like, Oh, how are you sharing this music with others? That would be so powerful. Cause I could only think of it. Like, like I said, I, I do remember the moment when I first started listening because I was trying to eat uh, vegan eggs on toast and I literally put it down and was like, hold up. <laughs> I was That like, <laughs> um, I was thinking, I was like, gosh, I wonder how to share this music with others and creating ceremony around it and having like the space that one would have for a psychedelic experience, whether someone is using plant medicine during it or not. Um I would imagine, like, I was like, are you doing one in LA? I want to go to one in LA. <laughs> yeah, I want to do them in lots of places. It takes a bit of organizing, because, but I've, I've mixed a version of it in sort of 360 sounds. So like many speakers all over the place. Oh. And that's really, you know, Dolby Atmos um, is the format. Yes. And that's, that's really 
that's just I didn't I wrote it for stereo and I was very much I'm quite kind of conservative when it comes to new formats because they're not always immediately something you should jump on um and I you know I still believe we've got two ears and two speakers should be you know you can do so much as you heard on your headphones you can move things around it's not it's still it's not black and white it's really kind of infinitely spatial it can be yes but um I found this incredible mix engineer who helped who well he kind of did the work really just moving it into the third dimension from those two speakers and just just said imagine it's just like putting your head right in the middle of it instead of having it on your left and right and um it it's just the ability to move the trebles above you and the bass underneath you and the the, the ability to have things moving around um sometimes like between you know around the room or something and literally around the room rather than just the image of that the illusion of that is what the stereo version contains but the the Dolby Atmos version literally contains that and um yeah we did an event in London on the launch on about two days before the actual um release and it was in a cinema because cinemas have Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and um I think it was a largely sober-ish audience um but it was amazing it wasn't the same as the Austin one where people were Clearly, you know, it was a lot. It was a, a lot more kind of Austin-y and, and what you were, <laughs> you were there. Uh-huh. But, you know, I really want to do them in lots of places, so we just need to kind of find the venues. And priority is sound. There's nothing to look at, and you know whether I'm there and I'd like like to be at them, but can't. The thing is about this is that it, they can be done as things that I'm not necessarily present at because um, right. it's hard. It's hard to talk things right now, anyway. Um, That's yeah, like. It's interesting also that you brought up Atmos. My mixer has been working in Atmos specifically, like he's assisting someone who's converting lots of things into Atmos. And we're talking about like where you'd want to use it um, because now it's becoming like in some ways, like a little trendy to be like, oh, it's in an Atmos mix. Um, But like we were talking about how it's so effective for specific things. Like if there's a reason why you're mixing it in Atmos, it's like magical. And this is exactly why you'd want to do that yeah um because he's like yeah you don't want to listen to atmos on like your airpods he's like you he's like this is for when you really are creating this immersive experience um and so i was just like oh my god and then uh my partner does like immersive events and so basically because we've all been like in various stages of lockdown i've been trying so hard to get like the two of them in the same room so they can combine kind of those two ideas and it's exactly what you're describing I'm like that's funny that you're doing that that I was like oh, this has been on like kind of like the metaphorical tip of my tongue creatively to put people <laughs> yeah and do this yeah. Um, and uh, yeah like and you're right that in a way it would be great for you to be present to witness that but also like in the way that you described how the album was created and how you channeled it in a way like you are present because you, you're like yeah. Here, here's here's the thing here's my here's me yeah, and I, think, I think it's kind of like it's only relevant my presence there is only relevant if I'm adding something to it for other people otherwise it's just me selfishly wanting to see what sort of <laughs> I'm genuinely curious I just want to know as you would really what kind of effects people experience but you know in the Austin one I played the piano at the end the kind of like mm. the grand piano in the middle of the concentric circles of people lying down so I kind of joined in with the last track and then did a five minute improvisation and then we had a you know, a Q&A mm-hmm. with Aubrey Marcus, who was the host. And so there was something that was being brought to that 
by me being there. And then the London one, I did a Q&A as well afterwards and just, just talk, talked a bit about how it was made and, um, you know, but if I'm not doing any of those things, then there's absolutely no reason for me to do that. <laughs> right. And also, you know, we can have it. I'd love to just have it. You know, I love this idea of maybe having like freestanding structures at festivals where people can just go in and every two hours or something it, it plays and you can just go in for a, for a listening experience and, um, you know, on, on an amazing Atmos system. That would be, you know, it's a whole, I think the fact that it's a whole different kind of album means it requires a whole different type of um not even performance but you know uh, immersive yeah um, well and it's funny that it matches exactly the you know the album itself like the set and setting um that it's like you can then craft the experience around the album because the album is not going to be like oh you're going to listen to this and dance or you're going to listen to this <laughs> background or you're going like... to listen to it with your breakfast <laughs> exactly do not make my mistake oh fair listeners of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it's wonderful that you're able to share that because as you said, like, it is really vulnerable to express that part of yourself. And it's one thing to express it and then share it with people that, you know, kind of like can hold you in that way, but to then launch it into the world. I'm like, I commend you for that. Like that's, that's frightening in a good way. Well, thank you. Uh, To be honest though. um, I I mean, being English, I'm always kind of deflecting any praise at all. But I think um, you're like, oh God, a compliment. <laughs> uh, I honestly felt like I had no choice. That's the best way of putting it. I felt like I had no choice about any of it. This was um, a very sort of strong. It felt like a very very strong um, instinct through the specifically through the DMT experiences. Like there was information coming into my consciousness or interfacing with my consciousness through the plants that was just absolutely requiring translation into something that could you know it was like a combination of those experiences with the fact that I had an audience already Mm -hmm. and I'll I'll just I mean I actually have to go in a few minutes but I'd love to tell this quick story um about back to um my friend Dan who um I was talking about earlier who I shared these experiences with and he'd I would say he's a braver psychonaut than me and he would go a little bit deeper um, on each on each ceremony than I would. And one of them, and he, you know, he would also have several on his own or with his wife, but um, so he would get, usually he would get kind of a, a transmission of information as you do with the MT mm-hmm. through these so-called entities which feel like independently existing beings. Um, Mm-hmm. he would always find that they were conveying a certain bit of information to him that was relevant to his life that he had to act on hmm. but one but one time that was starting to happen and then these these entities sort of stopped dead in their tracks and, and turned to look at me um this oh. is in his, this is in his visions and they and they kind of said to him um hang on a minute this guy you need to help this guy you need to help this guy get this we need to help get our information out and, and that's exactly what happened because he was a major part of of the album and he's helped me you know he's helped me bring it to reality with so it's it's amazing and that i don't know you can read as much or as little in, into that as you like but it's just an amazing story anyway that that is what he experienced and that, oh, is, what, that. that is what has happened and at the time i thought because this was about 2017 i thought oh they're talking about singularity and i, I love i love indulging the the full magical thinking that comes with those experiences and, and it's yeah. like great I've made that album it's got some dmt in it great 
but they weren't they were talking about this and the need to build, <laughs> the need to build this and uh, so that's uh, that's how i view it <laughs> that's what you were following in the woods i was like it wasn't a squirrel it wasn't a gnome yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful and that's what you spoke to is something that i think psychedelics and meditation they'll give you these messages that at first you're like I totally got that like I'm on it but it's only later on reflection yeah. you're like oh not only did I not consciously get that at all but I actually enacted it perfectly and beautifully in this completely different way <laughs> yeah. and that's what's so good about that is that it, those sorts of um revelations um give you faith in that subconscious that and, the, and in the general scheme of things, the fact that there is a scheme of things underneath everything that, that does work out and does it, 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 go, it goes as it needs to go. And um, yeah. you've got to get out of the way and let it happen. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. That's, yep. <laughs> I, like, I love, I just imagined like the entities turning and being like, so this guy. Yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> and of course, like my ego was like, "Oh, I'm special," you know. This is cool, but, but really, it's just like, no, it's a vessel. You're you're the vessel, and you have this, you know, the abilities that you were born with, combined with spending thirty years really learning, or sort of, you know, at least twenty five years learning the technology and learning how to, you know, learning the language really to translate this stuff, um, and then the actual audience which has been built over that time as well. So. Yeah, a specific combination of things that led to that um, being possible. But um, that's so funny. Yeah, you had to wait for that formula to coalesce. Even though when you were talking yeah. about translating those feelings through the sound, like I was in the back of my mind, I was like, "Wow, mad respect for you!" Because half the time that I am recording music, I am looking at Ableton, being like, "Tell me your secrets." Like I'm just like. <laughs> It's getting more fluid. Every time I sit down to record something, it gets more fluid, but there's moments of friction where it's like you're interfacing with technology and sometimes technology is totally, you're yeah. flowing with it and everything is great. And sometimes you're like, I don't even know how to Google the tutorial to help me figure out why this is not going. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I think that Ableton is an extraordinary instrument and a new kind of instrument entirely. And that it took me, you know, a good, dedicated six months after moving on from logic in 2015 to actually get even close to as good as I used to be at logic. But once I got into it, um, it was just like the abilities that were unlocked by it and the free flowing creativity that, yes. that unlocked it. And now with this album, it's just like, they just wouldn't sound like it. There was the right tool had to exist. You know, the right tool. Yes. We, whoever's made Ableton is, they're collectively built they've collectively built something which is truly able to translate um you know it's not immediate to learn but it's 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 got that it's got it's got what it takes i think to translate ineffable things and that's that's quite high praise really i was gonna say your album is proof of that i i only aspire to such things currently i i'm getting there i feel like i i will give myself like a solid b but I am, I'm working my way up to being able to translate the same way you did, where I'm like, I have so much respect for that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're being hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you may be British, but I have ADHD. So I am chronically hard on myself as well. And have the same reaction when someone compliments me, it's like me holding like an awkward souffle. Like, why did you yeah. hate me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's so nice to speak to you, Pam. Um, it is so lovely to speak. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.